0: Well, Good morning, everybody. Welcome to New Hope Church. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all the dads there. And be sure to take uh, part in what we have to honor our dads. Like they said, free steak breakfast just for the dads, as well as a free dessert. And our Relentless Youth Ministry is having uh, root beer and Coke ice cream floats just for dads, just to honor them on this day. You know at this time we're gonna get ready to receive our tithes and offerings so ushers if you could please prepare for that and i want to just tell you a story of a of a former youth who is just so thankful that this church is a giving church uh this youth 16 years ago came to this church and he was a heartbroken kid and especially on father's day because he didn't have a dad his dad passed away before he was born and so Every Father's Day, this kid would, uh, wouldn't really celebrate Father's Day. He'd be like, I don't understand it. I don't really get it. I don't have a dad. And when he came to this church 16 years ago, uh, he actually had a re- broken relationship with God. And he actually said, God, if you're real, prove it. And what's so amazing is as this teen continued to come and, and learn about God, he realized an amazing fact an amazing truth, that he always had a dad, his father in heaven. And what was so amazing, too, is that as he continued to serve and be a part of this church, God surrounded him with really awesome men who became father figures in his life. And so on behalf of that young man, who is now 32 years old, has three little girls, I want to say thank you, because that was me. And it's because of the fact that our our Father in Heaven loves us. And what a joy it is to see that not just young people, but everybody, God's people, get to experience His love as we give unto Him. Now, you might be visiting us for the very first time, and if that's you, we ask that you don't feel obligated to give this morning. In fact, receive this service as a gift to help you in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you're visiting us from another church, and we, we just want to continue to encourage you to give wherever you regularly attend church service. But if New Hope Church is where you call home, please know that as you give unto the Lord, he continues to do miracles in the lives of his people through you and I. And what a joy that is. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray for our tithes and offerings this morning? Lord, we thank you so much on this day that we call Father's Day for being our dad, for loving us in the way that you do. And, and Lord, part of that is as we give unto you our tithes and offerings, Lord, your heart as a dad is that you want everybody to experience your love. And so, Lord, this morning as we give you our tithes and offerings, we do so trusting in you, Daddy, that you're going to use it to multiply your kingdom and to reach people that are far from you so that they can experience your amazing and awesome love. And Lord, I pray that for those who give, Lord, that you just touch on their hearts, and and as we give with a cheerful heart, Lord, we understand that we get to be a part of your plan to reaching those people. And so, Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we continuously look forward to what you're going to do in the lives of your people. We pray for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning... Pastor Alex Pacheco is here to, to join us and actually end our series on the master's class and share about words that encourage.
1: Hmm. Jesus looked at him. Wait, wait. Jesus looked at them. Oh, I'm never going to get this right.
0: What are you doing?
1: I am trying to memorize my favorite Bible scripture, but every time I try, I just get all mixed up.
0: Hmm. Maybe it's because you don't practice it enough or you just don't have it memorized.
1: Wow. <laughs> You're right about that.
0: Well, I mean, scriptures, Bible scriptures are hard to remember. I mean, I can't remember it. Mostly pastors. Pastors remember it. And you're not a pastor.
1: Uh, obviously, I'm not a pastor. And obviously, you're not a pastor. So, I guess I won't even try. Wait a minute. Don't tell her that, Fernando. That's not true. Don't you think that maybe she just needs a little encouragement instead of doubt?
0: Well, okay, okay, okay. Like, Go ahead. Try not to mess it up.
1: No, no, no. Like, try asking her why it's her favorite scripture. Why is she choosing it to do this? Why does it mean so much to her? And, hey, I think it's very inspirational that you're trying to remember this scripture. Tell me more about it.
0: Okay, okay, okay. So, what she said.
1: It's my favorite scripture because when I came to the Lord and I did things on my own strength, it always seemed impossible. But when I relied on God's strength, it seemed possible, like I could do anything with Jesus.
0: Hey, that's a great reason. Thanks for sharing that. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. I bet you can memorize it just because it means that much more to you.
1: Okay, Jesus, I could do it because you got me. So here I go. And Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I did it. That That was was great. great. And I can even do it in Spanish. What? Y mirandolos, Jesús les dijo, con Dios esto es imposible, pero con hombre todo es imposible, pero con Dios todo es posible. O- Ay, si sí lo dije, si sí, okay, sí. ok, ok, or you can be that awesome at it. Wow. Sheesh. You see? All she needed was a little encouragement instead of doubt, and she could do it all on her own.
0: This is true. This is true. She can
1: totally with do it. Con Dios, esto es imposible. Look, look. Con hombre, todo to es this? Con um, Dios, esto es posible. Con hombre, todo think es imposible. Sí. I,
0: I think we are done it's here. It is time to go. It with with God,
1: all things Bye-bye. are possible. With man, this is impossible. Wait, wait! I have more. <sighs> Okay, well, I hope you enjoy service today and have a happy Father's Day. Feliz Dia de los Padres. Hasta luego.
2: Well, happy Father's Day, and you're going to hear that all day today. At the same time as we continue in this series, we're gonna be learning about words that encourage. Now, I know
0: for some of us, right now we may be thinking, boy, I just, I just blew it this morning. I didn't speak words. That encourage but that's okay we're here today and we're going to learn how to speak words that encourage and in this series the master class what better person to learn from than the master himself jesus christ so we're going to learn how to speak those words that can encourage people not discourage words that build up not tear down and here to share the word with us is pastor alex Pacheco. so would you welcome up with me my greatest mentor pastor alex Pacheco, as he shares. good
2: morning It's so good to be home. Yeah, <clears throat> and I see all of you here. Let me tell you a little bit about um, what's been happening with Berna and I. Um, by the way, we celebrated our um, 50th anniversary this year. Honey, stand up. Stand, stand up. stand up. She still looks like she's 16, yeah? yeah. <laughs> That's the Filipino blood. Yeah, so what we we've been doing when uh, Pastor Scott Sharoma went out and uh, started his church, we we joined them and um, we you know uh, served out there and helped them and volunteered um, for uh, doing a lot of stuff, setting up and taking down. And then when um, Pastor Charlie went out, we we went uh, to his church. We're still there and we're helping him. And uh, we get up 5:30 in the morning and we. Set up chairs and all the tables and everything that got to be done for church, and we love it. Getting our exercise regularly, and it's good. And then um, I just also wanted to add that um, when I was a young boy and attended church with my two brothers and my mother, um, we sat in the front row, and my mother dressed us, three boys, in um, our long white sleeve shirts with bow ties, we looked like penguins, and um, every time we moved, she would pinch us, and I hated church, I didn't want to go to church, but when you um, have a fun church like this, puppets, and uh, music is so uh, so good, and things are, I mean, it's fun to come to church, yeah, and um, I just think that it's so good for our kids as well, that they can enjoy church, we're in a good place. And so today is um, Father's Day, and because it's Father's Day, I'm going to talk to you about, kind of like address it to the dads, but I'm going to go more than that. But um, I want you to know from the start that uh, you feel like you came to this place called church. This is what we, we call it, church. But you actually came today to class. You came to a class to learn some things about what the Bible tells us. The Bible teaches us so many um, things, teaches us how to become uh, more like um, godly people, more like Jesus, and the things that um, he would say to do are the right things. So you you came to class. When you leave this place, you're going to walk out the doors, that's when you go to church. Church is out there. That's when you learn to apply what you've learned here, and then you go out there and, and do it. Everybody get that so far? Okay. I remember that. Get it? Good. Okay. So we're on track. So we're going to talk about um, how to bring out the best in children. And how does a dad do it? And for that matter, how do you bring out the best in anybody? How do you bring out the best in your wife? How do you bring out the best in your husband? How do you bring out the best in your boyfriend or your girlfriend, of your friends, your parents, your boss, your employees? So just because it's Father's Day, the message will still apply to everyone, and it comes from three important principles that God tells us. Remember now, from his word. If you're going to help bring out the best in them, you have an outline that you can follow along with me. The first is you must accept their uniqueness. You must accept their uniqueness. Recognizing and valuing their uniqueness as a person, as a child. You have to start with accepting them before you can help them to grow. Every child, every person is unique. Every person is different. Every person is special. And one of the most misunderstood verses in the entire Bible. And I say that because it's misquoted, it's misclaimed, it's misused, and it's this verse, <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Now, you, when you look at this verse, you might say, oh, I've read that before, or I've quoted that before, or I've memorized this verse, but it says this, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train a child in the way he should go And when he is old, he will not turn from it. Now, a lot of people think that this verse means if I raise my child in a godly way, if I train him or her in the right way, then when they get old, they really will live for God and they will never turn away from God. That is not true. I know a lot of kids who was raised in a good godly way even pastor's get. and somewhere they took a wrong turn, and they totally mess up their lives. I want to point out a couple of things about this verse. First, it is not a promise. It is a proverb. It comes from the book of Proverbs, not the book of promises. God does not promise that if you raise your child in the right way, that they will never turn away from it. It, That's not true. It is a proverb and not a promise. Now, what is a proverb? A proverb is a generalization about life. It is the truth that is generally true, that if if you raise your child in the right way, generally, most of them are going to turn out in the right way. But There are exceptions, and it's certainly not a guarantee. It's a proverb, not a promise. And second, you need to understand the original Hebrew phrase phrase, um, in the way that he should go. The Bible is divided into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament was before Jesus came, and then the New Testament is when Jesus was here. The New Testament was originally written in Greek. The Old Testament was in Hebrew. So you need to understand the book of Proverbs was written in Hebrew, and that phrase, in the way he should go, means according to his way. When you say train up a child in the way he should go, it means three things. First, it means train your child up in the stage of life that they're in. It means that you do not treat a preschooler like a grade schooler. You don't treat a grade schooler like a teenager. You don't treat a teenager like somebody who is 30 years old. You understand that at each stage of life, there's there's appropriate ways to train, to teach, and to respond. And there's an appropriate amount of responsibility that they should have at each stage. Right. It seems that we do not understand this because <clears throat> we are forcing kids to grow up too quickly. We are forcing them to know things that they don't need to know at an earlier and earlier stage. I don't know if you figured this this out, but Have you noticed that you got tiny little girls dressed like teenagers? Now, what's with that? They're already dressing in a sexually suggestive way. I ask you, do little girls really need to dress that way? No. Is it okay for them to not understand certain things? Yes. You know, it's like if I'm going on a trip and I got these heavy luggage... I don't expect my five-year-old son to carry that luggage. Why? Too heavy. But now, because of my age, I expect my son Aaron to carry all my luggage. <laughs> you know why? It's too heavy for me. And that is the way of a lot of things that are, that's in life. There are ideas out there about life, about sin, about sexuality, about all kinds of things that a little kid does not need to know. He does not need to be exposed to all the crime and the perversions and all the weird things that are happening in this world. God is saying, you want to protect your children, protect their innocence for as long as you can. And if you're going to train them up in the way they should go, You don't treat a preschooler like a teenager or a grade schooler like 20-something. You understand that they have different stages of life to go through. Let them be children. Everything in society forces them to grow up too quickly. Everything in society forces them to act older before their emotions and are really ready to handle that we as parents need to protect them in the child's stage of life second training them up in the way he should go means train them up according to his or her strengths that means that you need to know what your kids are good at part of the job of parenting is to discern in your children uh, in your children their uh, capabilities what is god gifted them to be, and your job as a parent is to train them in the way they should go. In other words, if if they're good at math, then you help them to go in that direction. If they're good at music, you help them go into that direction. If they're good at accounting or art or anything, not in the direction that you want them to go. You accept their uniqueness. And you train them up in the way that God has, has shaped them to go. Part of parenting means figuring out what your children are good at and let them go in that direction rather than forcing them in the direction that you want them to go. So train him up in the way he should go means understand the stage of life and treat him or her accordingly. Understand their strengths and treat them accordingly. And the third thing, understand their style. In other words, their temperament, their personality. No matter how hard you try, you're never going to turn an introvert into an extrovert or the opposite. They are wired by God, they're wired the way He has made them. And He did it for a reason and a purpose. Train up a child in the way he should go means you understand his stage of life, you understand his strengths, and it means you understand his or her style, and you adapt accordingly as a parent. It means you don't force them into your mode. You're not like anybody else, and neither is your children. Your children are not like their brothers and their sisters. They're all different. God made us all different intentionally for a couple of reasons. Now let me ask you a question: How can you tell, as a parent, when you have accepted your child's uniqueness? It's simple. You stop trying to you stop trying to make them like you. That's it. You stop trying to mold them into your image and you start letting them become what God made them to be in his image. Yeah. So many parents try to make their kids carbon copies of themselves. They say, well, I excelled in this subject in school and, and you're going to excel in it. Or they say, I was good at this sport, so you naturally are going to be good at it too. Or even worse, I like this sport, so you you got to do it. Your goal is not to mold kids into your image. Your goal is to help them discover what God made them to be. Amen? Amen. Yeah, Kids are not clay to be molded. They are human beings to be unfolded. That's the goal. To accept their uniqueness. Number two on your outline. Affirm their value. Affirm their value. Everyone is starving for affirmation. God values every one of us. God values you more than you could possibly imagine. And you can affirm your kids just by noticing them. Just by looking at them eye contact. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, put down your phone and look at them. Turn from what you're doing and look at them. It is a gift that you are are giving to your children just by making eye contact. And that's how you appreciate their value, by paying attention, by showing affection. Your kids need hugs. This was way back in 1987 when I got saved at um, um, New York Christian Fellowship. At that time, was at the boys' club. And one of the things God spoke to my heart about was to um, go and give my father a hug. And <clears throat> so right after church, my dad lived right across the, sh- the street over there. And uh, I came up right after church, and I walked up to my dad And I just I just hugged them. And right away, my dad pushed me off. What what you doing? What's wrong with you? And I I said, Dad, I love you. He said, You know that church, that church you're going to. Something wrong with that church. (laughs) Guys hugging. And I'm, hey, pure Portuguese from Wainaku camp too. You know. (laughs) Yeah, we they didn't hug. My, my my father he he loved he loved us but he never hugged. You know, people need affection, and when you do that, it it values them. And we think, we say this well, my dad never hugged me. Then break the mold. Right. You see, what I did was I broke the mold. My my kids they hugged me. I hugged them. My sons, when I see them, you know, it's not a oh, man no hug. We hug each other. Why? We love each other. And we need that help, uh, affection with, with one another. Begin to show that love and affection because it's a way of expressing powerful value. Isaiah 43, verse 4. God says, you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. When was the last time you said something like that to one of your kids? You, you if you feel like you cannot say it, then write it down. Write um, a note of encouragement. Just write it out. Something that says you're doing a good job. I appreciate what you're doing. You know. Um, my two daughters, my sons both live on this island, but two of my daughters live in Honolulu, and both of them work, and when we visit them, or when they come over and visit, I never let them go until I say to them, I'm so proud of you. You're doing really good. Mom and I, we just love you so much. You're doing a good job, because it affirms them. You know, um, our children, two boys and two girls. The, the youngest girl um, came to us when she was three months old. We, uh, we adopted her, yeah, and uh, she, she grew up in the family, and uh, the, <clears throat> the thing about her is that um, she would, uh, she's so loving, she would always say to me, "Dad, Daddy, I love you, you know? Until today, she, she wants to sit on my lap all the time, Still, yeah, like a <laughs> little kid. And, and you know her brother Aaron Aaron sitting right over there, you know what he did to her <clears throat> He laid her down on the uh, floor, and there was a rug, and she rolled her up in the rug and <laughs> uh, you know, they, they would do things like that um, to her and uh, yeah, and i just I just think today you know um, we had something going with our family we, our family really loved each other and had fun with each other, and um, there was always affection i don 't know about the affection and the rug, but yeah but, yeah, yeah, but you know, you know when you, um, you, you, you do that kind of thing, what you do is you raise the value in your children. And, and when you appreciate them, even the words that you say, because of the series that you're in, to, to bring value to someone, anything that you say. So I ask this question again. How often do people need inf- affirmation? The Hebrews tell us that it's a daily thing. It's got to be a habit in our lives. So who do you need today to encourage? A word of encouragement does wonders. Which of your kids, as a dad or as a mom, need encouraging? Who can you encourage today? And then on your outline number three, Love them unconditionally. Love them unconditionally. So, accept their uniqueness, affirm their value, and love them unconditionally. There are, there are two ways that you can do this. The first way is by offering them forgiveness. You've got to forgive them when they fail. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and loving to each other. Forgiving each other just as God forgave you in Christ. If you're taking notes, would you underline just as? You see, we forgive our children because we have been forgiven by our Heavenly Father. The truth is, you're going to be hurt as a parent, you're going to get hurt. But godly parents keep on loving. And just as we have been forgiven, we need to forgive. Have you found out that um, you need massive doses of forgiveness in your marriage? Oh, 50 years this lady had to forgive me. (laughs) And the same thing goes with parenting. Massive doses of forgiveness. The other way you offer love unconditionally is you never give up on them. You never give up on your children. Love always believes the best. In Corinthians thirteen seven, love knows no limits to its endurance, no end to its trust, no fading of its hope. It, love, can outlast anything. You see, real love never gives up On people, even when they get into drugs, even when they get their lives messed up in some relationship, it never gives up. Yeah, the stuff are bad and and no good, but the love, the real love, never gives up. And what we all need, because we have all failed, we all need somebody who never gives up on us. What am I saying? I'm saying a great dad doesn't rub it in. He rubs it out. He doesn't say, remember that time? No. It's rubbed out. It's forgiven, and it's forgotten. Great dads dads walk in when everybody else walks out in life. And God says, I want you to be forgiven, and I want you to never give up. And I want you to give kids a second chance. You know why? Because I have given you a thousand chances. And I'm just asking you to pass it on. Isaiah 54, verse 10. The mountains and hills may crumble, but my love for you will never end. So says the Lord, who loves you. I think about that. The mountains and hills may crumble, You know what I'm saying? You may go through all kinds of moral and physical and emotional and financial earthquakes, but God says there's one thing you can always count on. I am never, never, never going to stop loving you. And he loves you unconditionally. God just wants you to do with other people like he does with you. And God just wants you to do with your children what he does with you. God just wants you to do with your wife or your husband what he does with you. Are you getting this? This this morning, as we've talked about parenting, I know that some of you are frustrated with your children. Some of you are worn out, fatigued. I've no doubt that some of you are discouraged about your children. I'm sure there are some here that are worried and you're afraid. You're scared about the future for your children. I have no doubt that there are some of you in here that, are, that have broken hearts because nothing can hurt you more than a way a child can hurt a parent. Jesus understands the pain and the emotions and the feelings, and the frustrations, and the disappointments, and the fear, and the guilt, and all those different emotions. And I want to say to you, He is ready to help you. Just as He accepts and loves you unconditionally, and forgives you, and has never given up on you, He doesn't want you to give up on your kids. He wants you to love them unconditionally and to never, never, never give up on them. How do you become a great parent? I'll tell you how. The secret of becoming a great parent is not to become a great parent, but to become a godly person. Godly people become great parents. Proverbs fourteen twenty six. Reverence for God gives a man deep strength. Let's read this second part together. Ready? Go. His children have a place of refuge and security. Do your children have a place of refuge and security? What is it that gives them a place of refuge and and security. I'll tell you what. It is a dad and a mom that is sold out for God. And how do you do that? First, you open up your life to Christ. You say, Jesus, I need you. I need your help. You know, you're never going to stumble when you are on your knees. It's impossible to fall when you're on your knees. You say, God, I need you. I need you to be a good, to teach me how to be a good father, to be a good dad. I need you to be the person that you want me to be. And you say, Jesus, come into my life. And you ask God to help change you. And you know what? He will. And then you ask your kids to pray for you. You know what they're gonna do? They're gonna pray that one big stone fall on my head. (laughs) No, you ask them to pray for you. And you may even need to start with an apology. What? We always want everybody to tell us that they're sorry. But you're the man. You're the man. And you be first. Start with an apology. I love you, but I haven't always done the right things. I'm so sorry. And then say, would you forgive me? And in that humility, I have never seen humility responded with anger. Never. It melts people. And I ask you to forgive me. That's the place to start. It's a good place. And you say, I just, I want to be a better dad. I know you're 30, 40, 50 years old, but I want to be a good dad to you. And you admit that. Amen? Amen. Now I got a word for the kids. And I know your parents are saying, yeah, go for it, Pastor Alex, tell my kid." Your parents are not perfect. There has never been a perfect human parent, and there will never be one. And maybe you need to reconsider your your attitude towards your dad on this Father's Day, and your mom. There are no perfect dads, no perfect moms. Only our Heavenly Father is perfect. But if it was not for your dad, you would not be alive today. You could at least be thankful for that. And you need to pray, God help me to honor and to accept my parents as your gift to me. So as we close this morning, I'm going to ask all the fathers, all the dads to stand right now. Would you do that? All the fathers and dads, Not easy, huh, guys. Not easy being a, a father. We got to work hard all our lives and support them. And sometimes you tell yourself they don't even appreciate. But remember, it was <clears throat> there was a time when you were the kid, and our dads had to work hard and all that. But I want to say to you today, because I feel this is what the Lord's saying. You are great. You are great in the kingdom of God. And God's so pleased with you. And yeah, you made mistakes. Everybody does. But the good thing about this is we can move on and we can do better. Would you bow your heads with me and keep standing, man. Father, I pray for these guys. Lord, I know without a doubt You see the good in them. And I know, Lord, that um, only you can help us to become better dads, better fathers, better husbands, better friends. And so, Lord, we ask today that there would be a special anointing upon them, that your Spirit, Lord, would just be touching their lives now, letting them know that they are great that they are so important to you. Bless them, Lord, with long life and with good health and that with wisdom that comes from above so they can make good choices and good decisions. But I just want to thank them. Thank you for them. With our heads still bowed and eyes still closed, guys, you can sit down now. head still bowed and eyes closed. If there is someone here this morning, and you've attended church before, and you've heard the pastor always say at the end of the service about receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and many of you have responded by lifting a hand, and so I'm just talking to those that have not made that response before, but would like to ask Jesus into your life. I cannot see how anyone can go on living without Christ being Lord in their lives we need it, we need the Lord and so if that's you this morning I'm going to pray a simple prayer and if you want to respond to that just lift a hand Lord Jesus there might be someone yeah there are some right now Lord, that just want to ask you into their life and it's really done simple a simple prayer Lord come into my heart Be the Lord of my life. Help me to be a better person. And as best as I know how, I am asking you to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. You may put your hands down. Thank you for receiving Jesus. Lord, happy Father's Day because it's all about you as well. And we want to thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.